Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Shardell, will you please announce the first hymn? 390. Why is thy faith in God's great love so small? Why doth thy heart shrink back at duty's call? Art thou obeying this? Abide in me. And doth the Master's word abide in thee? Hymn 390. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see where to click for the Wednesday evening text. The theme for tonight is, what an example to follow, to trust and obey as Jesus did when tempted. And the readings will now be given by Florence, from Georgia. From the Bible, Isaiah. 
Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. Jeremiah. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant and speak unto the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeyeth not the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do them according to all which I command you, so shall ye be my people, and I will be your God. That I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. Then answered I and said, So be it, O Lord. Luke and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. 
and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. John, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I and my Father are one. I will read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works, both by Mary Baker Eddy. When tempted to sin, we should know that evil proceeded not from God, good, but is a false belief of the personal senses. And if we deny the claims of these senses and recognize man as governed by God, spirit, not by material laws, the temptation will disappear. Our great way shower, steadfast to the end in his obedience to God's laws, demonstrated for all time and people the supremacy of good over evil and the superiority of spirit over matter. He was the way shower and Christian scientists who would demonstrate the way must keep close to his path that they may win the prize. The way in the flesh is a suffering which leads out of the flesh. The way in spirit is the way of life, truth, and love, redeeming us from the false sense of the flesh and the wounds it bears. This threefold Messiah reveals the self-destroying ways of error and the life-giving way of truth. To say there is a false claim called sickness is to admit all there is of sickness, for it is nothing but a false claim. To be healed, one must lose sight of a false claim. If the claim be present to the thought, then disease becomes as tangible as any reality. To regard sickness as a false claim is to abate the fear of it. But this does not destroy the so-called fact of the claim. In order to be whole, we must be insensible to every claim of error. As with sickness, so is it with sin. To admit that sin has any claim whatever, just or unjust, is to admit a dangerous fact. Hence, the fact must be denied. For if sin's claim be allowed in any degree, then sin destroys the atonement or oneness with God, a unity which sin recognizes as its most potent and deadly enemy. 
Divine mind rightly demands man's entire obedience, affection, and strength. No reservation is made for any lesser loyalty. Obedience to truth gives man power and strength. Submission to error superinduces loss of power. Jesus presented the ideal of God better than could any man whose origin was less spiritual. By his obedience to God, he demonstrated more spiritually than all others the principle of being and the force of his admonition, if ye love me, keep my commandment. In the science of mind, you will soon ascertain that error cannot destroy error. You will also learn that in science there is no transfer of evil suggestions from one mortal to another. For there is but one mind, and this ever-present omnipotent mind is reflected by man and governs the entire universe. You will learn that in Christian science, the first duty is to obey God, to have one mind and to love another as yourself. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He knew that obedience is the test of love, that one gladly obeys when obedience gives him happiness. Selfishly or otherwise, all are ready to seek and obey what they love. When mortals learn to love aright, when they learn that man's highest happiness, that which has most of heaven in it, is in blessing others and self-immolation, they will obey both the old and the new commandments and receive the reward of obedience. Obeying the divine principle, which you profess to understand and love, demonstrates truth. Never absent from your post, never off guard, never ill-humored, never unready to work for God, is obedience. Being faithful over a few things. If in one instance obedience be lacking, you lose the scientific rule and its reward, namely to be made ruler over many things. A progressive life is the reality of life that unfolds its immortal principle. God is the fountain of light, and he illumines one's way when one is obedient. The disobedient make their moves before God makes his and make them too late to follow him. Be sure that God directs your way, then hasten to follow under every circumstance. We cannot obey both God, good and evil. In other words, the material senses, false suggestions, self-will, selfish motives and human policy. We shall have no faith in evil when faith finds a resting place and scientific understanding guides man. Honesty in every condition, under every circumstance, is the indispensable rule of obedience. To obey the principle of mathematics 99 times in 100 and then allow one numeral to make incorrect your entire problem is neither science nor obedience.
To be with the Lord is to be in obedience to the law of God. To be absolutely governed by divine love, by spirit, not by matter. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Please announce the next hymn. Hymn number 48. Dear Father, Mother, Thou dost grant all good and perfect gifts to me. Tis mine to raise this beacon here, Obedience unto Thee. Hymn number 48.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. At all our meetings and services, we read from the King James Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy, the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. Our website, plainfieldcs.com, has a wealth of the very finest Christian science literature anywhere to read, study, and listen to, and some other writings by Mrs. Eddy that you may not have known about, and also writings by students who lived in her home and were taught directly by her. So browse through the website. There is never a charge. It's all free. Our goal is to share this teaching with all who will live it and use it to bless all mankind. We have 16 more very active websites in a variety of languages so that people all around the world can hear the truths of pure Christian science in their own language. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. This is where we discuss different aspects of the weekly lesson and other current topics and learn how to better understand and to live Christian science in our daily lives. So be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Then, right after the round table, our Sunday morning church service begins at 11. So be sure to join us at both of these, the round table at 10 a.m. and the church service at 11. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. The Sunday school isn't limited to those who live in and around Plainfield. Many of the students call in on a dedicated teleconference number from out of state. So if you have a child who would, be, who would like to attend the Sunday school, call the church to get the phone number and they can attend by phone too. We'll be very happy to welcome them. And as we've heard recently, our, our monthly Bible studies will be starting up again on Saturday, September 17th at 10 a.m. Information and study aids will be posted on the church website soon. So keep an eye on the website and mark your calendar for Saturday, September 17th at 10 a.m. We also have a well-equipped nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So if you're able to get here in person, be sure to bring the little ones along too. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ 
who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button on your telephone twice. Also, keep in mind when you do, we are going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Linda. Thank you very much for the reading tonight and the music. I want to express my gratitude for the roundtable discussions each week. So much practical daily tools are offered to help us learn how to practice pure Christian science and stay awake working for God. A couple of weeks ago, we were reminded to watch the baneful effects of letting our thinking drop into carnal thinking. The list can be found in Galatians 5. The instruction was so earnest that I took some time to revisit the list and do some deeper work to check my thinking. In the process, I came across a definition of jealousy. It was something I had never heard before. I saw a pattern of thought that I was entertaining, that it was so subtle it was going unrecognized. I thought I had been addressing this, um, but underneath the suggestion was trying to convince me that others had some good that I did not have. I also became aware that I was not praying effectively with the science of Christ. The only true help was sin. I had been keeping up with my gratitude journal and was grateful for many things, and I knew in my heart I did not want to harbor any negative thinking. But I was only using human willpower to try to cast out this error. I was still leaving it in a negative. In my turning to God and on bended knee asking for help, great many truths started to come um, into my thought, and I found them in the uh, books I was reading from passages from Science and Health, the Bible, and prose works, and so many affirmations about the good that I had in my life that was for me. And all have access to this, but each individually unique to you, God will meet your need. Not only that, but during this time, some most wonderful, lovely things came to pass that were meeting these qualities that I felt were needed. They were true, true needs, and I had no idea that they could be uh, met this way. I had to really work on some old habits of thoughts and beliefs that I had been holding on to um, that were interfering with my uh, understanding of God's overflowing love for all of us. 
and how unique he can meet each of our needs. It was just, to me, so beautiful seeing God's care. And during this time, there was an article shared that was so helpful. It's called The Stars in the Firmament, and it was uh, by an Amy Ferris, I believe is her name. It's on our website. And uh, the words she used, the imagery, really stuck, uh, struck me, and, and really I could uh, feel it, and it really helped me. Uh, she was talking about the business of the star is to shine. And I, for me, I could just see how unique each spot the star was, that God put it in that spot, and there it was, and it was just shining out there, the, the beauty and, the, and how important each star was and in their special place. But she goes on to say, quote, our own lives show forth our existence by the light we reflect from God. No allurement of mortal experience, the clamor of self, must make us lose sight of our business of shining. Even though around us the swirl of discord and discontent would seek to sweep us into its dark course if we fail to guard our trust." End quote. And that was very clear to me that the job was to watch our thinking and keep this light shining wherever we were. And uh, uh, the idea that each star was in its place and had a purpose really broke this pole and I felt such a restoration of joy, clarity, and peace. And it was so uh, such a new experience for me and a, and a new way to understand how Jesus taught us to use the Word of God when in temptation. I am so grateful for these continual times together that help us from drifting unawares from the house of, of our Father. And I'm very grateful for the many, many calls with my practitioner and instructions to help break down these walls that inter try to interfere with our oneness with God. I'm so grateful to be here tonight, so grateful for our teachings of uh, Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy's writings in this church. Thank you. Thank you. Betty from California, go ahead please. Uh, thank you so much for the music tonight before the service and also for those wonderful readings. I'd like to express my gratitude for a healing of neck and shoulder pain. While I was preparing to go on a trip to visit my son and his family, I began to experience some neck and shoulder pain. When I spoke to my practitioner and asked her for help, on this, she said she would and told me to unclench my thought and to stop stressing about the trip, <laughs> uh, to work especially with hymn number 49. This hymn begins, Dear Lord and Father of us all, forgive our foolish ways. And the last verse reads, Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from me now the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. 
Well, after I hung up and began to work with that hymn, I could feel the pain subside. I did have to make sure I focused on keeping my thoughts unclenched and open to God. Several times it tried to return each time I worked with the hymn, and I just stopped working on or thinking about the trip and just gave it to God. The pain was completely gone when I called my practitioner back to thank her for her help. I did not experience any pain while on the trip or since. I am very, very grateful for this healing, for for this church, and for practitioner help over the years. Thank you. Thank you. Mara from Mississippi, go ahead, please. I'm so grateful grateful to be so much by listening listening to the table discussion, reading the weekly um, Bible lessons provided, and hearing different testimonies. I'm happy to be able to understand life in such a different, positive way. Thank you so much to Florence for the readings tonight. Since discovering Plainfield Christian Science Church and working with my practitioner, I have learned to become less tempted with negative thoughts or feelings. When I am tempted with these bad thoughts, I have learned to turn to God and to remember who I really am. Before I became active in Christian Science, um, I used to use an over-the-counter pain medication called ibuprofen anytime I had a headache or any muscle pain. Many months ago, I remember the last time I was tempted to take ibuprofen. I woke up with a headache, and my first thought was to use it. I knew that if I took this pain medication, I could still participate in the church services, and my practitioner would, my practitioner would continue to work with me. I also knew that if I really believed what I'm learning and knew who I really am and understood my relationship to God, that I would be breaking the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Um, I chose to pray instead, and since this incident, uh, I have not taken any pain medication. As soon as I feel a muscle pain or a headache, I am able to solve this quickly through prayer by knowing that God made only good and any kind of pain is not from God. I'm so grateful to Jesus for showing us how good God is. For Mary Baker Eddy, who dedicated her life to give us Christian science, and also to uh, the dedicated workers at Plainfield. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shardy. Good evening. In her class addresses, Laura Sargent says, quote, Our understanding of the oneness of being, capital B, the unchangeable nature of existence, and our identification with this is our protection, end quote. Last Wednesday, as I was preparing a meal, I was boiling water for noodles, 
and when they were done, I picked up the handle to the pan and stepped to the sink a few feet away. And as I reached the sink, the handle came off the pan, and the pan dropped into the colander below, and I was left holding the handle. At first I was stunned. I thought, what have I done? It was a little while later that the realization came that I had been protected from all harm. Not one drop of boiling water touched me. The noodles were in the colander, the pan removed, and the meal prepared. I give thanks to God, who is always protecting us. Christ Jesus, whose love shows us the way. Mary Baker Eddy, for her sharing this truth that she discovered and shares it with all mankind, my practitioner of this independent Christian Science Church. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth from New Hampshire, go ahead, please. Good evening, and thank you for the wonderful readings. I would like to express my extreme gratitude for a healing that I had last week. As I was sitting and visiting with my family, my foot began to hurt for no apparent reason. I later realized that it was about the same time that something erroneous had come up in conversation, and I had declined to put my mental foot down and not accept it. Instead, I had just gone along with the conversation with no inner protest, which is unusual for me. By the time I went to bed that night, I couldn't walk and practically had to crawl to the bathroom. I called my practitioner and started to look around the Plainfield site for an article that would be pertinent to my situation. Then I thought, wait, what is my situation? Am I trying to fix something or heal something? We're taught and proved daily in Christian science that we are all God's perfect expression now, in spite of any appearance to the contrary. I decided at that moment to continue with some Christian science material that I've been working on for the past week. I happily went to this CD and listened, so grateful to be learning more about the science of Christianity and Mary Baker Eddy's wonderful discovery. I finally fell asleep and woke in the night free of the excruciating pain I had felt earlier. By the next afternoon, there was no sign of a problem whatsoever, and I felt I could run the 50-yard dash. A lesson well learned that this claim had very obviously nothing to do at all with my foot, but only to do with the acceptance of life in matter. Mrs. Eddy teaches us that life is not in matter, but in spirit, in divine mind, divine love. I am so grateful for this teaching, and step by step we progress when we apply these wonderful truths to our daily life. Thank you again and again to the Plainfield team of workers. Such gratitude goes out to you for all that you do. Good night. Thank you. Gary? I'm grateful for Christian Science and for Mary Baker Eddy for discovering it and dedicating her life to explaining it to mankind so that everybody has the opportunity 
to get as close to God as they want. With the help of Christian science practitioners over the years, I have been healed of many ailments, flu, bursitis, Lyme disease, colds, just to name a few, as well as character traits, business problems, and family problems. And with each healing, I've grown closer to God and gained a stronger sense that there are laws of God that you can always count on, and that they are laws that are always good for us. Mrs. Eddy wrote that we should trust in truth and have no other trusts. I'm grateful for the help of Christian science practitioners over the years, helping me to get rid of other trusts and to trust more in God. Christian science has been a firm foundation for my life, and I can't be grateful enough to Mrs. Eddy for discovering it and giving it to us. Thank you, Florence, for those fine readings on obedience. We can never be reminded often enough of our safety and our security in obeying the truth. So good to be with you all here tonight. Thank you. Misha Ila from Canada. Go ahead, please. Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to be with you this evening. I would like to give gratitude for all the writings of the early workers that the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent provides. To read and study these writings helps me applying the truth of Christian science to my daily life. For example, in this week's watch, there is a quote from Mrs. Eddy, and this is the quote, let your mind go out every two hours. All is peace, goodwill, love, etc. End quote. I take that quote as advice for myself to stop in my daily routine, for example, if I get upset about something, I remind myself, all is peace, go to, and love. It helps me to let go of the upset and smile and go about my day's work more peacefully. There's so much to read and study from the early workers besides everything we have from Mary Baker Eddy originally. And it seems to me that the writings of the early workers will be considered like the gospel one day. At least it feels to me like that. The gospels were written by people who captured what they experienced and memorized of Jesus' work. In the same way, I feel the early workers and students of Mary Baker Eddy give testimony about what they experienced while living 
and working with her. In last week's lesson, we read, we read from John 21st, 35, and there, quote, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. End quote. I am so grateful for all the writings of the early workers that give testimony about how they experienced living and working with our leader, Mary Baker Eddy. I feel it brings her much closer to me and makes it the, makes the teachings more applicable for me in daily life. Thank you very much for the readings tonight and the wonderful hymns we sing. And I wish you all a very good evening. Thank you. I'm very grateful for a healing I had just yesterday. <clears throat> I got up in the morning, <clears throat> excuse me, with some kind of stomach bug, and uh, I just was very uncomfortable. I had to call into work. I wasn't able to get there. So I called practitioner and asked for help. And the practitioner suggested that I read uh, the Liberator magazine on contagion. It's called um, Only Good is Contagious. And I sat down and started reading that, and I was so awed by <clears throat> how each article attacked contagion from a different, a different side. And when you get to the end of it, it's gone. There is no contagion. Only good is contagious. I was so grateful for, to have been asked to read that because it was such a blessing. And um, within just a couple of hours, the symptoms stopped completely, and I went back to work today completely healed. I am so grateful for Christian science and very grateful for the help of the practitioner. And thank you. <clears throat> Craig. I'm sure Mrs. Uh, Eddie said all the truth is, has been shown, that's the paraphrase, but now it needs to be practiced. And I thank this church, because no matter what goes on <clears throat> or seems to go on in this world, Christian science has the answer. Uh, recently, we were given the article, No Big Power Veto, a 1948 Associated Dress by Herbert E. Reck, which I believe is on, from, on the website. It's available at the website. But uh, this... Uh, uh, Christian science, I, I suppose, teacher, made it clear how to do a better watch for the whole world. And to, he goes into Russians, particularly speak to the Russians, that we, should, we can love the Russians. They want to be loved. And, and he scientifically talks about they really, they would, they would want what God has for them. We have to see them as God's children. 
But it, it helped me. It just helped me step in a, a rising above false picture and to be able to include them in, uh, in God's creation and all that's going on. It, it didn't work out in his wonderful uh, way. But I think there's so much that we provided and we can't get hung up on <clears throat> any bit of error or anything the devil may tell us in the news. But uh, we can see, rise above it and handle it correctly so that all that's left is what God made and uh, in harmony. <clears throat> You know, we used to help establish and maintain the peace of this world. Thank God for Mary Baker and your students and our teachers. Thank you. Imogen from Australia. A few years ago, I had one of life's wake-up calls. I suddenly realized with sharp clarity that the seeming human travails of my life had in actuality been an extraordinary blessing and teacher to me. I realized I had been extremely blessed to feel God's love in life's darkest moments, to be enfolded in his mighty loving presence, which never failed to comfort nurture and protect me. Uncomfortably, <laughs> I also realized at that same time that I was not being very worthy of that love. I was not consecrating my thought each day. I did not thank God very often. And I also was repeating the awful mistake of returning anger for anger. I would never say or do anything outwardly wrong or rude to anyone, but inside I was angry, and I would sometimes think quite cruelly towards random people that I came across, holding a wrong idea about them. This was a really terrible habit that also caught me when reading media or political news I would feel humanly angry or vengeful. I thank God that around this time I was very blessed to find the Plainfield Independent Christian Science website and I began to get some very clear instruction from our practitioners on the website in how to live pure Christian science. It then became crystal clear to me that I could not go on thinking unkindly to anyone or anything, that this was just absolutely unacceptable in the kingdom of God's love. Mrs. Eddy writes in our textbook, quote, Self-love is more opaque than a solid body. End quote. Now I was at the point where I could clearly notice that on the days when I entertained an angry idea to anyone, I would start to get a headache. Well, I don't know how many days it took me repeating this pattern before I dug my heels in and said that I was not going to fall for this mistake any longer. 
I realize that the human call for vengeance is a sin. And what a great lesson this was, that I must cease sinning in this way. A few months later, I reached out to Plainfield Independent and was met with such wonderful Christly love, becoming a member around 12 months later. I can now see that God needed me to get on top of that hidden sin of a vengeful heart and I am very grateful for this chastening because I have found the kingdom of his love to be more beautiful than I had ever hoped to know in this world. Thank you to our dear Master, Christ Jesus, our dear leader, Mary Baker Eddy, Thank you to our Lord God Almighty for patiently loving me, and I pray that I will always be worthy of that love. Thank you, dearest Plainfield Independent. Thank you. Patricia from Canada. Patricia from Canada. Go ahead, please. Recently, when the real estate market got crazy hot in our area, the home that my son was renting went up for sale. And suddenly, the home that my sister and I were renting also went up for sale. It sold with multiple offers in just hours for $350,000 over the asking price. The market was so hot that our small, out-of-date bungalow sold for million Canadian dollars, and our neighbour, seeing this, then put her house up for sale for $2.9 million, and it was only one-third the size of our house. My son was having trouble even getting an interview as couples without children were preferred, and my daughter-in-law's daycare operating on their premises was not accepted. Also, The availability of places for rent had shrunk drastically. Owners preferred to keep their property vacant and stage it for sale, rather than dealing with tenants who might decorate in an unattractive way or not cooperate with showings. I kind of felt like Mary and Joseph in the Bible when there was no place at the inn. I was quite content to even live in a barn with at least a roof over my head with enough peace to realize the Christ presence. I prayed with Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I realized what I wanted was not things, like a fireplace, for example, but to be on fire with truth. My want My prayer was like the hymn, my prayer some daily good to do to thine for thee. My thoughts changed from yearning for God, a kind of please show me your holiness, to a thank you, I have all, I am all's reflection. I love the story of the prodigal son, where the father said, Son, Thou art always with me, and all that I have is thine. 
Due to rapidly rising selling prices, rents were skyrocketing from two to three times the usual rent. Renters were in bidding wars. My son offered two extra months' rent over and above first and last month's rent and was finally awarded a property that was an ugly, tiny dump for 2000 a month. He was ecstatically happy. But the next day he was declined because somebody outbid him for $2,500 a month and one year's extra rent deposit plus the usual first and last month's rent deposit. So it was back to searching again. Another property looked promising but was instantly rented. I said to my sister, hmm, I think we should have rented that property. Shortly before we had to move out, that property came up for rent again, as the tenant had abruptly moved out. Since both my son's family and my sister and I all loved that property, we moved in together happily. So our rents were not raised after all. My son's rent remained the very same as before, and there was a lovely room for a daycare there, while my rent decreased by $500 a month. Thanks be to God. I'm so very grateful to be a member of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. I feel that I'm growing in my understanding of Christian science here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Florence from Georgia, go ahead, please. Thank you. I've given this testimony before, but it, from what I hear and others having the same problem as I had, I feel like I should give it again tonight in relation to obedience. First of all, we are told that we have to obey the first commandment. This is what Jesus did, the society did, and we have many examples to follow. Tonight I read from message of 1902, when mortals learn to love a right, when they learn that man's highest happiness, that which has most of heaven in it, is in blessing others and self-immolation, they will obey both the old and the new commandment and receive the reward of obedience. I say this in relation to what I had a problem with. I was so afraid of going in any car, whether I was driving or someone else was driving. I would just, if I wasn't driving, I would hold on to the seat. I just was so afraid, I thinking some other car was coming into me. Oh, it just was a, a miserable time. I see clearly now that I never questioned, you know, what am I afraid of? Is God not also with me in the car or with everyone else? I was only thinking about my discomfort. I wasn't thinking about how others were feeling or setting out even love to them too, that God is guiding them too. The healing came from this when I started to disobey the lie that I should be afraid to go out, first of all, because God is everywhere. He is present. His power is present. He is the only power there is, and that is present all the time. 
as the, we read from many of our right from many of the writings, it says that God is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscience, and omniaction. So what was there to fear? The healing came when I started to think of others. Before I sat in my car and asked, you know, it was drive or somebody else was driving on the street, I would think of others. God guiding them. God at the at the at the seat, the driver's seat, and guiding everyone in their right lane, and His love completely enfolding everyone. And that time is when that healing came. I am so grateful for this. I cannot say enough about it because I know how I used to feel. But I am so grateful for this healing because now it's a harmonious um, experience driving and knowing that God is at the seat, at the helm of everyone's car and leading everyone. No one needs to go into another lane, guiding everyone in their own lane. I am so grateful for Christian Science for bringing this healing. Um, I cannot say enough about Mrs. Seti. Christ Jesus, of course, God, most of all, and all that I have learned through Christian science in understanding what God is. I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Mary. Good evening. I'll read a few things from everyone who sent in. Uh, the first, Australia. Adding to this week's roundtable, conversation of Christ Jesus. The question below is perhaps left hanging in the air. Follow me, what does it mean? Jesus, the great teacher, gave explicit instructions of what we are to do, embody the two commandments, and become a living example of the Sermon on the Mount. It goes on, but that sort of capsulizes it. And then England. Thank you for the Unity Watch from Thursday, which covered the pressures faced by children regarding gender. As always, a powerful, loving watch, giving us all plenty to work with. This watch was the focus of our Sunday Watch group here on the other side of the Atlantic. We also discussed the pressures on parents and care caregivers who want to do the right thing, but find themselves in a difficult situation. In this age of many messages, it is clearly not always clear what the right thing is. I have found the following article very helpful many times over re recent years covering the appearance of mass mesmerism. It's entitled, One with God is a Majority, and You Are That One, by William Rathbon. With, a hu with huge gratitude for this wonderful website with its treasure trove of writings that Plainfield makes so freely available. And then Canada. Thank you for the recent roundtable and service. They lifted me up. Work more to be like Jesus. Shine like a star or notes I made. I love this week's lesson on Christ Jesus. I felt that everything about him was in there. Prophecy of him, spiritual baptism, finding followers, one, cleansing the temple, healing, preaching his messiahship and revelation. With this went the quote on the Mary Baker Eddy webpage about the hills of Pleasant View and the Galilean slope. And Mrs. Eddy's quote, where my brother walked, 
and wept and prayed. The nearness she felt to him comes out so tenderly here, and I was asking myself, is Jesus my brother? I'm working on my nearness to Christ Jesus. What a lovely God-inspired company. Many thanks and much love to you and all at Plainfield, a godly family. South Dakota, I'm grateful to God for the Christ and Comforter and the Plainfield Christian Science Independent Church, whose dedication to the expression of this science brings me comfort indeed. I'm grateful for all your practitioners, all your readers, musicians, your website, all dedicated workers for Christian science, and for the expression of the Christ truth. Thank you all. Then another from Canada. Florence's testimony, that was from last week, reminded me that I have wanted to comment on the new addition to the website, the page about Mary Baker Eddy. When I saw it the first time, I was delighted to see it in the carousel. I like that it stays at the same position on the carousel in the beginning. The quote is the best that we could have chosen. I find as it emphasizes the message and not the personality. I also love the selected quotes on the page and that all her writings are listed as well as at, listed as well as a link to the biographies about Mrs. Eddy and her articles and the readings and articles. Everything in one spot. I am convinced that this page will be well received. Thanks to all who worked on it. And then finally this is a testimony from Oklahoma. I want to share healing of severe back pain through the study of Christian science. I woke up one morning feeling stiff, stiff and sore and was confused and puzzled as I had not been overactive the day before. I moved my legs and attempted to roll over in bed. Agonizing pain shot through me. I immediately started praying the Lord's Prayer to calm down. And also, I know, the quote, there is no pain in truth and no truth in pain from Science and Health. I pushed through the pain and struggled to sit up. It hurt, but I took some breaths and then tried to stand up and then to walk. I grabbed a chair to help steady me, and when I got to my electric tablet, I called, the I called upon the Plainfield Christian Science website, and I opened to Bicknell Young's article, Oneness. I also realized I needed help, so I called a Plainfield practitioner and left a message. I stayed on the website listening to various articles, hoping for a living word that would speak directly to me. Finally, in Martha Wilcox's article, Practice, she said, quote, Thought must be from mind, not up to mind. End quote. Something clicked with me, and I realized I was praying for and as a separate mortal entreating my God to deliver me. I had forgotten Jesus Christ's revelation, I am one with the Father, and the Father's assurance, Son, all that I have is yours, and that the Father within doeth the works. I remembered Bigdell Young stating the only way to do it is to be it. I immediately shifted my focus to be with one with love, health, and peace. I fell asleep in the chair and slept, slept deep, deeply. The practitioner texted to tell me she had been working and would continue. 
I texted her, letting her know what I had been studying and to thank her for her help. I was able to be comfortable in bed that night and woke refreshed with a wonderful sense of well-being, no pain. I am very grateful for many things, the relief from pain, a healing, and a new realization about principle. I am thankful to Mary Baker Eddy, her dedicated work, the textbook, other writings. I am thankful to the Plainfield Christian Science Church for the wonderful website. I am thankful to the practitioner who is a ready help in times of trouble. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I too, I'm so grateful for those wonderful readings tonight. They certainly go along well with our lesson that we're studying this week on, on temptation. And this, these readings, we all get tempted at times. Christ Jesus himself was tempted. And in these readings tonight, it tells you what to do when you are tempted. And Christ Jesus, when he was tempted, he always answered with, it is written. I've spoken about this before, but he knew the written word. He knew the truth to rebuke the lie, whatever the temptation was telling him. He knew it. He knew the Bible, for it is written, and so must we. And then that idea, yes, of obedience to God, obedience to the first commandment. Any temptation is getting you, is tempting you to believe that there is a power other than God. And how do we get rid of that temptation? By knowing our love for God is so great that we will not be tempted to believe there is a power other than him. And that keeps us steady and straight. And the temptation will go. The temptation will disappear because that's how it all starts, to get you to start thinking about it and going along that path. And pretty soon it tries to trip you up. But it can't be done. I'm so grateful for these truths, the beautiful readings we had, the beautiful hymns, very beautifully played. It's always just such a wonderful time together here on Wednesday nights. Thank you all for your beautiful testimonies, and may everyone have a good night. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number one. Be thou, O God, exalted high, and as thy glory fills the sky, so let it be on earth displayed, till thou art here and now obeyed. Hymn number one.